Two Midwestern environmental advocacy groups have a Northwestern Indiana steel mill in their sights. They say the company that owns the mill has self-reported more than 100 Clean Water Act violations, but state and federal agencies have not taken any action against it. Now the groups say they're going to take on the mill's owners in court. Two environmental groups say they plan to sue a company responsible for more than 100 Clean Water Act violations in northwestern Indiana. The Environmental Law and Policy Center and the Hoosier Environmental Council served ArcelorMittal, the Luxembourg-based owners of the Burns Harbor Steel Mill, with a 60-day notice of intent to file a Clean Water Act lawsuit against the company. The group say they decided to sue the corporation because state and federal agencies have not taken any action against it, even after a long pattern of repeated water quality permit violations. Jeffrey Hammonds is a staff attorney at the Environmental Law and Policy Center. So we had been following this because it seemed odd to us that, you know, you have this large steel mill that does have past violations of the Clean Water Act, but, but the government hasn't really ever done anything about it. And then August 2019, there was a big ammonia and cyanide spill from this facility that resulted in, you know, estimated 3,000 fish killed. And that sort of elevated in our mind, you know, this isn't just, you know, past violations and, and potential ongoing violations that the government hasn't doing anything about. Now there's been this really big event, you know, that closed down beaches, including at the newly designated Indiana Dunes National Park. So that elevated it in our mind from, you know, serial violator to, you know, this is, you know, we're tired of basically seeing the government not do anything. And so we wanted to kick off the process to do something ourselves. ArcelorMittal admitted that a loss of power at a pump station for the blast furnace process water recycling system August 11th led to the discharge of ammonia and cyanide beyond the amounts allowed by the facility's Clean Water Act permit. In a non-compliance report submitted to the Indiana Department of Environmental Management soon after the spill, the amount of ammonia daily mass and concentrations were reported at nearly double permitted limits. Cyanide concentrations for August 13th were reported at 0.22 milligrams per liter, or 25 times the permitted limit. Subsequent reports detailed even more exceedances in the following days. Those reports were submitted to IDEM days or even weeks after they happened. The underlying cause of these violations in August occurred on August 11th when their blast furnace lost power to its wastewater treatment process, but they never, they didn't, the company didn't even tell IDEM about the violations until August 15th. So you have this four day lag. The first ammonia exceedances occurred on August 11th, the same day that the blast furnace lost power, but they didn't notify IDEM until August 15th. And based on a past review of their violations in the past and how quickly they've reported them, we have found instances where they did report it the next day. And so that tells us, you know, it's likely that they knew about these and they just didn't report it. And we don't think that's right. Documents show that the ArcelorMittal Burns Harbor facility may have been violating its permit for longer than it reported. Burns Harbor facility to go back and analyze any 24-hour water samples from the past that the company may have preserved. The company found that one sample from August 5th that was sent out for analysis still survived. That sample showed ammonia daily mass and concentration was nearly double the permitted limit even before the August 11th spill. The spill resulted in about 3,000 dead fish and closed down beaches and parts of the recently designated Indiana Dunes National Park. Indra Frank, Director of Environmental Health and Water Policy at the Hoosier Environmental Council, says we're lucky the spill didn't harm people directly. Fortunately, um, no people were, were injured in this particular release, but ammonia is highly irritating to the, the eyes, nose, and throat and if it's inhaled, so if it were evaporating out of the water where it was spilled, 
inhalation can do damage to the lungs. Cyanide um, is damaging to the heart and uh, brain in particular, and at high enough doses, it's, it's lethal. I think we're, we're lucky that, that you know there weren't any swimmers who were injured and that apparently the, the cyanide and ammonia were diluted enough that it didn't have an impact on, on drinking water. But, you know, there are, there are communities along Lake Michigan that get their drinking water from the lake, uh, including a drinking water intake that's not far from Arcelor Middle. Item told the Indiana Environmental Reporter that it is investigating the August incident. In a written statement, the agency said, quote, Upon completion of the investigation, the agencies will determine the appropriate enforcement actions to be taken. Until the investigation is complete, IDEM cannot provide more specific comment on future enforcement actions." End quote. The group said IDEM in action may be encouraging companies like ArcelorMittal to avoid fixing the cause of its permit violations. They reviewed reports submitted by the facility going back as far as January 2015 and found more than 100 instances where the company self-reported violations. The group say IDEM and the EPA have not seriously pursued the facility's violations. It's important that there's a response to water pollution events like this, either from the state or from EPA, but when the two of them don't act, then there needs to be a response from, from groups like ours. Um, we only resort to litigation as a last resort. Um, but if there's, if there's no response, then there's no incentive for companies like ArcelorMittal to get out of this pattern of repeated um, pollution events. Under the Clean Water Act, citizens have the power to file a lawsuit on their own behalf against any person, the United States itself, or any government organization or agency alleged to be in violation of wastewater discharge restrictions known as effluent standards. In order to sue, citizens must first give a 60-day notice to the alleged violator, the U.S. EPA, and the state in which the alleged violations occurred. At that point, the agencies can intervene and possibly force action. If they don't, the lawsuit can go forward. The group say they hope the notice of intent and the threat of a lawsuit encourages action. You know, it, the ultimate outcome here is that we can figure out how to fix problems at the plant and prevent future violations. And so that will obviously benefit the people in the region that both live near it and also frequent the beaches and the water for recreation and sport and other other things. So the idea is that they can figure out what are causing these problems and fix them so they don't happen in the future. So it's time for the government to do its job, and if they don't, we will.